Know Thyself is dedicated to the exploration of the most rewarding task an individual can ever embark on, the journey to find oneself. Our intention is to investigate the universal principles that have equipped our species to seek the treasure of all treasures, self-knowledge. With your host, Daniel and Eduardo, this is the Know Thyself Podcast. Welcome to the Know Thyself Podcast. I'm Eduardo and I'm here with Daniel. Hello. Oh, yeah. So I've been waiting to to have this conversation with you uh, for quite some time now. We did a, an episode last week that um, sort of referenced a little bit of what we'd be talking about today. But, um, you know, talking about Greek mythology with you has always been one of my favorite um, conversations that we've had because growing up, my mom... I had this uh, old book from from a library when she was a lot younger, and once in a while, when she would read me stories when I was a kid, she would tell me a, a short story with regards to to you know a character in in Greek mythology. And lucky for me, she was a teacher, so she would then kind of go in and explain a little bit of the meaning behind it, and and that that never sort of left me. You know, the, the stories always resonated. We've talked about the allegorical. Um, you know, tales that are out there that sort of have this meaning that really resonate with us. But today, a great, great story and something that most people may or may not be familiar with is the story of Hercules and the 12 labors of Hercules. And thankfully, you know, when Daniel and I were discussing doing this episode, he sort of, you know, um, kind of put me in, in, in the right mindset to sort of approach this whole story and and really just kind of going right off the bat the, the true meaning of the of the glory of the soul and the psyche right and and basically i know that a lot of people are familiar with the story but the deeper meaning behind this this great individual and how it relates to us and how all of these stories always relate to us and it's a story of us takes place with this individual that most people are are familiar with, but we can start off with you know some of the etymology even just right away with you know because I know I think it was the Romans who changed it to Hercules, but it was Heracles mm -hmm. was was the original uh, name that was given to to the character to this this individual that we all know of, and so I don't want to say too much. I don't want to get ahead of myself. Let's just kind of go right into it with the twelve labors of Hercules, and uh, yeah, man, perfect. No, I love that introduction. I love the connection because this is a story that sticks with us. When you think about those mythology stories that kind of stay in touch with you, you always, everybody has some kind of connection um, with this story. And we're going to kind of talk about why this is so powerful. And I, I love how you even just broke up the etymology of the, of the name because you're truly right. Hercules is really going to break down to Hera, which is psyche or the soul. And then the Lees is going to be the glory. And so it is truly the glory of the psyche and the soul. And that's kind of the process that we're going to find ourselves in. And so this 12-step journey of Hercules really is a great snapshot of a moment in our spiritual development. And it's really this moment when we, we gain control of the analytical side of the brain. Mm. We gain that command. And we also have this surrendering aspect to that feminine aspect. And it's it's when we really kind of turn ourselves online and can really kind of start living this middle path that we can really actually approach the zodiac from a sober perspective and truly understand the lessons that are encapsulated in these 12 steps and these 12 labors. And so this is an interesting story of Hercules, because Hercules, when you're anytime you're looking at mythology, you really want to see how many correspondences in this story are to almost like our prehistory ancient past, mm. right? And so we did, we had spiritual organizations that were what was kind of the focus of the spiritual thought of these communities, right? And so we know this, we know that there was there's stellar cults. We know that there was solar. We know that there was lunar. And we also um, know that there was cults that were based off of Saturn and the cycles of Saturn. And this was the, the framework of their spiritual connection to the universe. Mm. And so these are the deep religions. And so what we're going to see 
in the story of Hercules is we're going to see all of these get a representation. It's not only a stellar story, it's also the story of the sun. The aspects of the Saturn are very going to make themselves present, as well as the lunar mysteries. And so a lot of these ancient stories are these are based off of, the, of obviously the stars and the planetary movement. But there's deeper aspects, there's deeper cults. There's there's ones that will kind of focus on a certain planet within kind of the stellar understanding. And this is going to be like the kind of the worship of like Venus. Um, and we're going to see this through kind of like artistic expression later on. But there are these, these deep prehistory spiritual ideas of ourselves. And so not only are we going to see these stellar ones, which is the movement of the planets and the backdrop of the stellar stars, but we're also going to see the deep wisdom of the serpent coming out because this is also an ancient cult and this is a deep understanding. And what we're going to see is this mole unfolding of these, these truly deep aspects of where our consciousness comes from, because we're a makeup of all of these ideas right. and they're manifesting in this present time. And so we're really going to see this modern lens of this collection of all of the true great information of the past, you know? And so you have the serpent mysteries, which we're going to get into a Gnosticism and really the understanding of the wisdom that comes with the serpent. And this is going to be a, a definite experience of Hercules that we're going to see him come through. He's going to obtain the serpent wisdom. Right. Right. We're going to see aspects of the, one of the original connections we had with the spiritual world, which is fire, you know, even different from the cellar manifestation, fire was one of the deepest, oldest religions of humanity. So we have a connection with this and we're going to see this fire, which is this, that this divine will making itself manifest. Right. Right. And then we're going to go even deeper into aspects of the mysteries of the trees and the tree religion people. And this is, you're, you're tapping into some really deep stuff and now you're getting a, a really wide collection of what our true story is. And it's a connection of all these paths. Again, this is why we're in the age of Aquarius. We're reconnecting with all of these ancient ideas, but we have to pull them all in. There's stellar information that we understand, there's solar, there's lunar, there's Saturn. And then there's going to be these aspects that are a little bit more hidden, but we see the symbolism everywhere right. with the serpent, with the fire, and very most importantly, with the trees. We have to understand the spiritual connection we have with trees and the deep esoteric principles that are enclosed in that story of the trees. Um, we have so much more in common than the five sense reality lets us know of, and right. even what kind of material science prints in our textbooks. Yeah. But this is a deep energy. This is what the Druids were very connected to. Um, all ancient societies had this aspect, you know, but you think about these early aspects and these connections of spirituality through fire, through trees, through the backdrop of the stars, through the movement of the planets, right? Through the cycles of the moon. And so in this story of Hercules, we're going to get all of these presented. And through Hercules' journey, it's going to be this really great snapshot because all of these lessons are not going to be news to you because they're not new to you right? because they are you. So they're going to come up within you, right? And so it's not new because it's you. It's this re-remembering and we're going to have this re-kind of connection to it. And we're going to learn that the proper way to go through the Zodiac because even when you look at a natal chart and we're doing natal chart readings... If somebody hasn't really seen their birth chart, when we start at the ascendant and we start going, they're always like, well, wait, wait a second. What way are we going? And you're like, oh, you go, you go counter. counter. And they're like, oh, you wouldn't, you wouldn't think that. And that's of course, because you have to, you have to see nature in its reflection right. to understand how to process it. You have to see it in its opposite. And that this is why this kind of is what marks the path of Hercules when he starts going the right way through the Zodiac. Mm -hmm from Aries to Pisces via Taurus, right? And he, and he does this aspect of creation. And we go, we start back with the fire of creation, which is what that Aries represents. It's the fire of consciousness, right. you know? That first labor is gonna be the seed breaking through the ground, you know, and the first, the first grass growing, you know? That's what Aries energy is. And this is what we're gonna kind of encounter. And so, we're going to journey through these 12 labors together as we take deeper looks at the esoteric significance of the astrological sign. And so 
this is something that we're um, planning on kind of doing as, again, kind of like the biblical program, just something that we'll kind of keep touching to. And so we're going to make our way through each and one of these labors of Hercules and then also make its obvious connection to the esoteric sciences and the occult sciences, right? right? And kind of pull everything together. Um, But today we're really just going to kind of talk about the significance of what comes from this story, give a little bit of background on that myth and really give the give the adept the understanding of that this is a process in the step of unfoldment, right? right? This is really the lead-up story to the story of Christ, right? And that's kind of what we'll, we'll blend into this. And right. in, the, in the really great document that we both um, really kind of tapped into for this was Alice Bailey's aspects of the 12 labors of Hercules, right? right? And so Alice Bailey, if we're not familiar with her, she... Um, she is the uh, the individual that kind of took over in the Theosophical Society after mm-hmm. Blavatsky. Um, but she wrote some really amazing literature. And this was, um, Alice Bailey is um, one of the big resources we kind of connected to this. But again, so many people have written on this story right. because it's um, it's just such a the great story of you. Yeah. Right? And she does a phenomenal job at, you know, sort of taking you through the steps and opening your eyes to that perspective of the story that we all may or may not be familiar with. Because I think a lot of people, you know, you know, you might know Hercules, obviously, through through pop culture, which I think is is also something to keep uh, in mind is that he's his story has never really faded out. There's so many stories out there uh, in Greek mythology, but his story is the one that keeps getting either revived or even sometimes misinterpreted or sometimes, you know, a blend of, of the two and not really, you know, leading up to the true nature of what this story entails. You know, I know that uh, many people don't really realize, and I like that you make the correlation as far as like, you know, the, the Christian uh, relationship, the idea of Christ, like um, uh, the process of, of getting to, to the heavens, you know, like going back to what you said about the counterclockwise in your natal chart, you know, he has to start from an, another place in order to make his way back to the heavens, you know, and the way he does that is, is told by these, these 12 labors, you know, and it starts right away off of, you know, with Zeus, um, you know, giving birth to this, or, you know, it, basically inseminating this, this woman who's not Zeus's wife. Right. And that's where the whole idea of, you know, him becoming sort of this bastard child and having to be, you know, kicked out of the heavens or not necessarily kicked out, but, you know, sort of casted out, you know, Mm -hmm. and then having to make his way back is just a beautiful, beautiful, um, you know, story that, uh, again, Alice Bailey does a great job at sort of bringing you home and having this understanding of what's really going on and the relationship that we have with um this like cosmic christ and uh and how it's you know relates to us and um you know so that's that's kind of where i think i want to start off with there is just like the little bit of the background of the story you know with with hercules i know i kind of already started it off right there but um you know i think some people do i wouldn't say damage to the story but they rush it they rush this very long process of this individual's journey to to the higher level of, of, of understanding everything you already incorporated, because the, you're right, the way that they would, you know, incorporate these, these allegories has sort of a thinning of the veil that is like no other story that I've really read, where they're trying to tell you that the incorporation of the two or the many, uh, layers of this like beautiful world we live in beyond the five sense reality is so imperative and so important and having an eye opened for those, um, you know, uh, layers that we sort of dim the light out of, you know, when we are born into this earth and told to stay there, uh, is, is one of the most important things you can do is to sort of pull that veil to the side and open up that eye that allows you to see the clues that will allow you to ascend, you know what I mean? And, mm-hmm. and that's something that Hercules in his more heroic position does beautifully you know he doesn't really deny all the signs and the aid that is given to him in order to ascend you know and i think that's something that we hear and i love that you're talking about since now we're in the age of aquarius that's something that we have to pay attention to because here are those signs you know there's a reason why you're listening to even this podcast and you're just like well these two guys that i listen to that i don't even really know 
have something to say and I'm interested. Well, you're interested because we're interested because we're all interested. And just like Hercules, we're paying attention willingly to the signs that are presented to us in order to make this, this journey, you know? Absolutely. No, that was perfect, man. That was amazing. Cause you're right. This is this stage. This represents, you know, every individual who, who is kind of treading the path to gain control of the forces of their nature. Yeah. You know, and so everybody can relate to this story and you're, I like how you brought up this aspect, how this process can't be rushed because these forces within our nature that are uncontrolled, those are our spiritual essences. You know, that's everything that's within us has divinity Mm. and that's going to be this process we have to kind of go through. And that's going to be something we kind of walk through with Hercules coming to this understanding that, my father is divine mm-hmm. and what that process kind of means to us. But this is not something to be rushed. You know, we, we do want to take our times with these 12 labor, labors because this really is this, this incorporation of ourselves. You know, spirituality is not so much grabbing gold from the outside world. It's finding the gold from within, you know, and it's reorientating stuff that we're not, you know, aspects of our consciousness that we're ignoring you know, negative thought patterns. It's the it's the reorientation of all this energy that it creates the philosopher's stone, right? Yeah. And that's what we're that's what we're kind of looking at. And so, you know, the the binding of life that's what produces the radiance. It's the binding of these principles. It's the binding of this divine father father and this earthly mother. And that's kind of where a great a great starting point for this conversation is this aspect of the divine father and the earthly mother. Yeah. You know, and this again goes perfectly with our conversation, conversation about squaring the circle, this aspect of mother nature being a drop down transformer for universal consciousness, right? Yes. And a housing for this energy. And this is exactly what it's talking about here. This is the squaring of the circle. And this is also the duality that lives within us. Okay. Because Hercules really has to come to the understanding because he is the story of the bastard. And the story of the bastard is again, the story of us Mm -hmm. because the question happens, do you truly know your father? Right. Like, do you truly know your father? Because it's something we could say, yes, I know I'm from divine essence. Right. But do you truly act on that? You know, is it actually instilled as wisdom or is this just knowledge? Is this just sitting in your thought verse or has this actually been instilled and applied into your life? And that's the question that Hercules is going to wrestle with. And this is the same question that we all wrestle with. You know, Um, we know him, but we know him as the fine. Um, And so what we're going to kind of see is this, this inner aspect of... Hercules actually kind of wrestling with this aspect of the divine essence of his father, but then kind of with the earthly aspect of the mother, right? And this is that aspect of soul and body, life and form, mm-hmm. right? And it's just kind of the spirit of, of matter. So this is that the aspect of duality of this divine father and this earthly mother is, is, is going to be the first thing that he wrestles with um, in the acceptance of this divineness, of this intuitive, this internal source of consciousness that's within us, that's constantly desiring for unfoldment and expression, right? And we're really going to see him align himself to that energy and really have that energy be his direction. And it's really what he's going to attach his will to. And and that's what we're going to see. We're going to see him really gain control of that active part of our consciousness, where we really start to command the will to unfold the universal purpose. Yes, I love it. You right, said that. you know, and this is, and this is something that needs to be understood. That you know, we speak about this as you know, you're either domin- dominating or surrendering in this five sense reality, in the conscious aspect of our brain that directs the, the 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 aspect of consciousness that we're aware of, which is that left hemisphere of the brain. That is a by birthright meant to be dominated. We should dominate our thought patterns. This is something to be controlled. This is this is where the warrior really takes command of this of the thought aspect. This is on on the chariot cards. Why you always have two protectors 
and the front, and those actually could almost represent the ears, right. how they actually protect the consciousness, right? Because it protects against negative thought patterns, self-defeating ideas, right? All of these things that can run as, you know, just loops within our brain. And that's what these, that's what these pillars do. And this is, this is what we're going to see Hercules do with this aspect of making this dedication to the divine father and that this is the true source. And, and we actually have this aspect of him almost leaving the breast of the mother to honor the father. But again, this is symbolic. It's, it's telling you that you need to see beyond the five sense reality, you know, because the mother is mother earth and that's what we surrender to. And that's kind of this next stage that we're going to see. He surrenders to mother earth, which is, creation, which is, you know, natural law. And we do have to surrender to natural law. There's no going against it. You know, it's when we align ourselves with natural law, that's when we have peace and progress within ourselves, right? And so we see this, this kind of interesting aspect of duality that's living within him. And this is what's going to kind of be the the conversation about um, how he had a twin Mm -hmm. and he actually kills his twin. Right. Um, and this kind of speaks about how this nature is within us, and we have to kill it because there was a child from Zeus, which is the divine father, and then a child from an earthly father. Right. And that child has to be killed. And this is, again, this is kind of the process of the two natures that are living within us. And one is this relation to our thought, our motion, our action, our habits, our persona, right? right? But then there's this divine essence that can't be ignored. That's that's more guided by intuition, um, and internal self unfoldment. Right. Um, and what happens when you when that veil is lifted and you see that aspect of yourself? It becomes undeniable. It's like a pulse that, um, you know, it's like that Edgar Allan Poe story where like he like hides a body but he can like hear the heartbeat and he's like trying to hide the murder scene, but he can just kind of keep hearing the heartbeat and he goes crazy and ends up admitting to the murder. It's kind of like that. Once you kind of see the veil and you see beyond this and you feel this internal uprising, it's, it's a pulse that just kind of keeps coming. And it's really, again, Hercules again, surrendering to that pulse of universal unfoldment and discovery. Absolutely. Yeah, no, in the story, I mean, I'm sure people are familiar with, uh, well, should we go back to like the basic story? So we'll go with like the exoteric, you know, story. So, so you have Zeus who impregnates this, this woman who's not his wife, that is not, um, you know, in the order of things that would happen in that kingdom far above and beyond. Yet Zeus still wants to make sure that his son has that divine um, power and energy by sneaking the baby into the chambers at night and drinking from the breast, uh, the breast milk of, um, of, of Zeus's wife. And then I think it said that when she wakes, uh, and he retracts the baby away, the breast milk sprays the skies and the cosmos. And that's the Milky way that we see now. And with that, you know, Hercules, our, our hero here has, has his divine powers. Um, even though he is immortal, um, you know, he has this, this incredible strength and, and energy, but above all, like a very, uh, divine, um, uh, connection to the will that will rise above everything else that he'll encounter during his 12 labors. And I think it is said that, you know, he, um, you know, once, once, you know, he survives, um, and, and is still alive and well, um, you know, a lot of things are kind of thrown at him right away from the time he's a child with the snakes that are put into his crib, you right. know, to, um, him having to eventually, I think he goes under like a spell where he ends up killing his own family. <clears throat> and then when he wakes from that spell, he realizes what he's done, which is what allows him to initiate, the journey of, of redemption and having to find the path to, to the higher self. And so again, you know, you might be familiar with the story. I don't have to give it to you. I don't have to tell it to you. I don't want to butcher it. You can find the story yourself, but just keep that in mind that everything that has occurred into this individual's life, you know, has its purpose and has its reason for him to rise above, you know, just, um, just the base level of, of, of his experiences that he's, uh, you know, going through and not succumbing to bitterness and, and, and this deceit of that, that 
the world that he's in has been not only shattered, but there's no purpose to, you know, gather yourself and find the path to ultimate glory, you know, and he knew he recognizes that right away. And that's where, you know, our hero kind of starts his hero's journey. Right. Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, and we, and we do kind of see that, 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 that internal war, that, that internal war that goes on inside him when that spiritual impulse is brought into his awareness, you know, and we kind of see this aspect and, and this story very much shows us that this spiritual work is not a, is not a picnic, you know, it's a, it's a brave reflection and reorientation, reorientation of the self. Like it's nothing, it's nothing more and nothing less, but it definitely needs to be brave, right? And this is, what we're going to kind of see here is what this awakens, what this this Hercules energy kind of represents is, it's very much this idea that the, that that true warrior wants to serve the most high, right? right? And we I know we spoke about this before, but this is this impulse that kind of breaks him inside because he wants to tr- serve the most high. He wants to serve that, that divine father and he wants to get to know that divine father. Right. Right. And, and again, this is why the allegory of like, why we can't stare directly into the sun, mm. but we can, you know, gaze all that night into the moon, right? We have to see the reflection of the sun in that lunar housing energy. Yes. Right. And so it's the same thing with what is in our five sense reality. Everything that you perceive as material right now that you're looking at is truly just frozen energy. And it's just a housing for this energy. It's a drop down transformer. So you could perceive this experience. And so what we're really kind of looking at is this warrior, this internal warrior inside us, it serves creation and it will serve natural law because these are the laws of creation and that's how it serves the most high. But that's all it wants to serve is the most high. And so this, when this internal warrior, when he, when he's denied of serving the most high, he does what every true warrior must do. And that's rebel. It rebels against the system. And that warrior either, you know, generates pain within ourselves or it generates enough pain on ourselves that it's actually spilling over into other people. When you say reverse, um, you know, to, to go the, the opposite way, are you still relating to, because I know that in, in this, you know, they talk about the, the, the ordinary, um, human, um, was it the, the retrogressive fashion from Aries to Taurus to Pisces, which is the clockwise. And he goes the opposite direction. Is that, is that correct? I mean, cause he goes, you I mean, you kind of already alluded to that earlier with the, the way that he takes his path, but I like that you're saying that about how the path he's taking isn't like the convenient one. Is that what you right? mean? Yeah, absolutely. And that's why you go counterclockwise. You're going, you're going against nature because you're reflecting on nature. Now you're not just going with the flow of the force. You're going against it. So okay. you can feel the difference, right? You know, you have to feel that wind that's been kind of pushing you into these aspects of life that you feel like you have no control over mm. and you feel like your life is happening to you and not for you. And that's why you go the opposite way. So you can actually face these winds head on and you have to face your creation and you have to face your death and you have to face every adventure that happens in between and everything develops and everything builds on itself. But this is the journey of the soul. It's the 12 labors. It's the 12 disciples. You can take your favorite 12 connection here. I was thinking the same thing whenever I was reading this, I was like, man, you could take any of the number 12, um, allegories or stories or relatable, um, information that's out there that, that, that connects this whole, this whole journey. So yeah, yeah. I like how you say that, you know, man, and we have to, we have to go back the way we came. And that's what this is about when you go counteractive, because you go from Aries to Pisces. So you go from the fire of life's journey, what's what Aries represents to the source of life. The waters is the source of all life. Mm which is what Pisces is. That's the only way you make it back to oneness. You don't start in that oneness aspect and then make yourself back to fire because that's how you boil boil yourself because you're starting in water and then you're ending in fire when you're supposed to have this cooling rebirth aspect at this 12th step. Um, And so that's what we're kind of going. We must go back the way we came. Go back to the source, right? Go back to the source. And we've heard this before. And so what we're dealing with with this again, this dance that we're seeing between soul and matter, between divine father and earthly mother, is this is the dance of life. This is truly the esoteric significance 
of dance, force and form mm -hmm. coming together. Okay, this is the flow. This is what every traditional dance is trying to represent. It's the blending and the, the marriage and the dance of the spirit with the matter. And this dance is always happening in front of us at every time. Um, and this is this is something that we have to understand how to go with the flow with, right? right? Like, you know when you're not going with the flow when you're not dancing well like everybody else is. Like, there's, it's a very obvious kind of feeling when you're around, like, really good people that can feel that energy, right? And so that's exactly what we're kind of looking at. And so, again, soul and body not soul and body. Right. And that's what this this is kind of this representation is. And so that that true question that really is going to kind of come up again is, do you truly know your father? And this has no relationship to your physical father, other than that's the most intimate re probably representation of this in a, the physical form. Right. But it has no connection with that. This It's a symbol of it, but it's a bigger symbol. And that's what we're going to kind of see with these mythologies too, is the meditation and the incorporation of these cosmic archetypes on a deeper level. Understanding the cosmic father and the cosmic mother is a forever unfolding process. Right. We can't we can't collect all that information. And so this is something that we always kind of harvest and go to. And so when we look at this story, we gain a more complete picture of the ultimate pictures, which is the cosmic father and right. the earthly mother, right? That's that, all of our mamas right there. <laughs> there's a quote that I'd like to to pull from from the readings that I really liked with the labors of Hercules that <clears throat> Alice Bailey uh, puts in there, if I may. But I like that she says, in quote, this self-awareness when truly developed enables a man to discover that the concealed deity in the universe is identical in nature. Though vastly greater in degree and consciousness with the concealed de deity with within himself, end quote. And I just really, really, I mean, everything you're saying just resonates so much with with so much that she puts in there, um, into her, um, in the in the way she sort of like puts this whole story together, um, is is absolutely true. You know, like I like to talk about it's all our mothers. Um, but anyways, go on. No, that just something was that kind of resonated with what you're saying that I, I, I really liked that she, she mentioned here. Um, but go on. Yeah, but no, that, that concealed deity is a big aspect of kind of part of that story. And right. that's part of, it's the continuation of the divine father and making that true connection to that cosmic father and that cosmic mother and kind of what that sees. And, you know, over the eons of time, she speaks about the unfolding drama of the heavens as the emerging manifestation of that concealed deity. This is when we were talking about time, the unfoldment of time and how time is this active process that's right. unfolding in front of us. This is that concealed deity making itself apparent. And this is the story of us truly connecting and honoring that deity, utilizing this, the sacrificing our lower nature for these higher ideals. Right. And so, you know, this, this aspect of, um, you know, this aspect that God hides in everything, you know, including me, is a really powerful thing that is going to come from this story. And we see it when, we, when we're talking about squaring the circle, and we're talking about how everything's just frozen yeah. energy, and there's a divinity to everything, there's an intelligence to everything, and there's a consciousness to everything. And how this consciousness is played out in humans is self-awareness and self-reflection. And so self-awareness and self-reflection is what this journey for humans is all about. And so we really kind of approach this aspect of, again, it's kind of like that story we talked about with hide and seek, mm -hmm. you know, God's always, you have to, you have to find God in everything and you have to seek God in everything. And this includes ourselves. We have to understand that God hides in everything, including me including the self. Right. And this is that journey to kind of make our way down and reorientate these aspects of our essences that are getting a false expression right now, reorientate them, take them through the transmutation of alchemy so we can be incorporated to our radiant higher self, which is the story of the sun. Yeah. Right? That so beautifully said. we got some solar connections right now to the yeah. solar tribes. And, you know, again, giving honor to the deep, the deep understandings, the where our symbolism comes from, where the deepest of our esoteric and connection in nature comes from. This comes from these very ancient cults. Like we said, we're we're very 
technologically advanced now, but we're very much spiritual infants at this time. Right. Right? Now, we're, we're reaching an interesting age in evolution where the objective and the subjective is starting to kind of form. And she spoke about this, um, and we're seeing this as people are now, more people are waking up and kind of seeing under this veil. But really, when you see the veil, you really just truly see the spiritual impulse of life. Right. And you understand that this is the true impulse of life. Well said. This is life. Right. Yeah. No. I, I think when we even talked about the seven stages in, in, in what regards to alchemy, we bring up a lot of you know the the pain that is brought on in order to awaken your purpose is so necessary versus the way that you know like I like that you're talking about right now in this age that we find ourselves as in this evolution that we are with consciousness we seek that more that is deep has deeper meaning but it's harder to get to that if everything is in comfort and if everything is in, in just sort of like a smooth plane of existence, um, as far as, you know, what may rattle us to wake a, a, a up to these symbols and what they mean, you won't go discovering what's on the other side if there's no need to go there. And if you know that going there has a, you know, a layer of consequences and, and pain and suffering in order to give you the answers that, you're supposed to find, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. God's not going to lend himself to you that easily. You know, you must come seek, you must come find. And then again, back to these labors, there's a reason why they're labors, you know, it's not like they're just, you know, a walk through a prairie and here's your, here's the key to this door. It's, it's, it's arduous, it's difficult, but it's meant to be that way in order to have you open the, that eye even wider. You know what I mean? Because if you don't have that antagonistic aspect of, what uh, might get you to the answer, then you don't seek the answer truly and and with that sort of divine purpose that, you know, we all need to have behind the need to find these answers. Right. You know? Yeah. And again, man, I, I love how this conversation is just kind of organically unfolding, but, you know, we're really looking at this aspect of utilizing this Hercules will for the spiritual development and making that that proactive decision to go on the spiritual path rather than this material, this material right. path, right? And so we're also approaching something a little bit different because we're now including the left side of the brain into the holistic discovery of ourselves, which mm -hmm. is really unfolded in kind of that feminine aspect. And so what we do here is we, we switch the lens of what that left side of the brain is. And so again, the, the love of God allows for us to love each other on a very deep universal level, right? The knowledge of God allows us to not only love each other, but also to teach each other. And so what we're going to kind of see here is the aspect of pattern recognition in kind of the compartmentalizing of this universal force being able to, to be taken from force to form for our understanding. Yes. And this is a huge part of what Hercules is. He can feel it in himself that there's something divine, but now he needs to utilize that active part of his consciousness to pull these journeys into his life to complete this aspect, to, to again, bring in this kind of this reorientation. But but this is what we're looking for here. Right. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. You know, one of the things she, she talks about um, in in this with, with a scripture from India that I like that you're saying is by mastery of the binding of life comes radiance. Yes. And I love that quote um, because it, it just resonates a lot with what you're saying. You know, she, she kind of goes on explaining what this is the mastery of the imprisoning form, which was the glorious con uh, consummation of all the undertakings in Hercules, you know? Right. And uh, yeah. Absolutely. You know, and again, we, we have to see ourselves in Hercules shoes. We too are on the crucifixion between spirit and matter. Yes. You know, that is what we are doing. And this is kind of the story and this is what it's looking at. But it's just saying how important, you know, a high intellectual mentality towards spirituality is, you know, because if you are just this lover of God, which is this beautiful thing and this, you know, lover of spirituality, it's great, but there's, there's, there could be illusion there. You know, you're not complete. You really want to pull in the left side of the brain and make sure that that's getting activity. Because mm -hmm. remember, it's about the way is the middle path. It's not this complete surrendering to the right side of the brain because we surrender to the holistic and the creative, but we dominate the intellectual. You know, we dominate our awareness. We dominate our concentration. And we're always trying to do that. That's mm -hmm. something you're always flexing. Um, and it becomes a high. 
You know, like it literally is what people for what they do for cocaine is just to get more into their consciousness, right? But this is something you can do and you're supposed to do that. We're supposed to do that. And then there's there's obviously times when we connect to oneness and we fall into ourselves and there's a surrendering, right. which comes in like those passive lunar meditations, of course, right? But in the in the five sense reality, when you're working in kind of the what we can almost call the jungle of life, your your full conscious awareness needs to be in play. Um, because again, you're, there's alchemical spiritual lessons all around us. You know, mythology is always unfolding right. around us, you know? And so it's this, this interesting aspect of, you know, the true student of a cult doesn't just love the universe. It, it chooses to understand the universe, yes. you know, and we're capable of understanding. That's something that is um, very much some new age information that's solipsism when it says that you can't actually know anything um there's nothing farther from the truth you can know the truth it's it's your birthright right and if anybody tells you that that's not the case or it's everything is subjective um really feel that in yourself and look at every mythology story look at the story of the stars look at the story of the planets and see if that connects to solipsism um but I think we kind of know where the scales are going to land on that one. Um, but just again, a unique thing to kind of take into mind that we can know truth um, and we aspire. And that's all we manifest really in our lives is the knowledge of truth and the knowledge of thyself, you know, and they're one and the same with that innate di divinity that's within. Exactly. Well said, man. Very well said. So, hey, um, you know, one of the things that I wanted to sort of go back to from the from the very beginning is when we start to break down these 12 labors, um, you know, and I know we'll do that in, in future episodes, you know, how how would you describe this, this story as far as um, in the time that it was written, you know, who could understand what this was really entailing because for us now in, in, in present day, I feel like you can already, you know, based on just us talking to one another and, 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 and generations that came before us, they can sort of give us an idea that this is a story of you, but there's so many details in this story that one needs to sort of consider deeply for what it is that is seen between this realm and the other realm. So like, was there something about the schools of uh, that were then in, in, in the ancient times that allowed people to know what this was about? Absolutely. There's always been ancient mystery schools. There's ancient mystery schools today. And, you know, there's, there's solar mystery schools. There's stellar mystery schools. There's lunar mystery schools. Um, you know, these are still, these are still intact um, at this moment. But this, this would hold a special regard because even if you understood the astrological symbolism, which most people at this time did, because stellar religion and paganism, and paganism was very much just the light that was left over from these old religions. That's mm. what paganism is kind of a collection of. And so, um, big shout out to all the deepest information that comes from from that community, um, because it was it, it kept the light. It's it kept the light lit of the ancients. Yeah, and so what we're kind of seeing here with this kind of story is. People could, they had the stellar connections at this time because this was before really the solar cult when Christianity kind of took over, especially exoteric Christianity, really started to expunge the stellar and pagan roots of its stories. Right. And it, so it tried to kind of shake up the history, right? Yeah. And this is with the Council of Nicaea. This is with Catholicism um, and all the kind of the poo-poo that came from them. Right. Um, and so what we're going to kind of see here is with with the story of Hercules, which is so interesting, is this aspect that even if you understood the astrology, the full completeness of, of this is that certain of these stories are going to be more resonating to you yeah. because it's going to align with your natal chart and the energies that you see. So certain stories are going to be as clear as day. Yes. And you're going to very much understand it. And so what this story does that's so important is it brings in other aspects of the zodiac that your natal chart doesn't just pull your attention to. It, it, maybe it's going to highlight a different area of life. It's going to see it through a different sign. It's the completion of this. Okay. And so this is, 
this is this the the understanding of the zodiac. You you get a a nice snapshot of this energy with your natal chart, but it's your free will decision that has to complete that whole band of energy. You have to do all twelve labors. You know everything is going to be on the test. So a lot of people jump to when they like read zodiac books, they just jump to their sun sign and stuff. And you're like, no, 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 no. Mm-hmm. It's all going to be on the test. You need to learn about every each kind of person because. A lot of us kind of compare ourselves against other people. That's how we know ourselves. You know, depending on kind of where your sun placement is and kind of Mercury, there's going to be kind of this this aspect here. And so what this story does and what the deeper principles would tell you is this is how you do the the 12th step program of the self. We did a a Zodiac episode episode on this. Yeah, absolutely. And this is what the labors of Hercules is really going to highlight. How do you actually complete that self? Because... He came as a complete person for this journey. They talk about how he's mastered skills. Yes. He mastered learning. He even had his emotions in. There's um, a, a direct quote when he says, like, as I think, so I feel, so I act. I'm ready for this journey. And so this is this is this is every individual on this path because that's what we've been working on these last you know two seasons is this establishment of this as i think so i feel so i act and so once we get into that mindset once we balance out the two hemispheres of the brain that's actually when the alchemical process starts right. and this is when we can actually go against the current and this is when we actually start seeing the reflection of these essences and these energies. And we see the source of where the pulse of this energy comes from. And we face it head on and we do it by sign. You know, again, we start with Aries and we make our way back to Pisces. Yes. But again, we start with the fire of consciousness, which was your first breath. It was that moment you wiggled your fingers and you noticed that your mother or your caretaker didn't wiggle theirs. And you're like, oh my gosh, I'm my own separate entity, right? right? We talk about this. This is the hero's dose of all hero's doses. This was that first fire of thought. This was the start of that journey. And so we have to go back to that. And then where we end up is from where we came, which was the womb of our mother, which was perfectness, which was oneness. You know, it's what we're all trying to get back to. But it's that aspect of actually going through the journey because you can't, you've been expelled, right? You're a bastard. Right. So you have to make your way back up. Right. So this is the story of the bastard. And you see this in esoteric literature. And it's literally the story. This is the story of you because you truly have not seen, you have not looked at the divine father in the face, which is that deep aspect of, you know, really understanding the internal mother and understanding creation and what this entails and what this map of understanding is actually truly utilized for. Beautiful, man. Beautiful. Now, I, I, like I said, I've been so excited. <clears throat> I mean, I'm speechless because, you know, when we study these things, you know, we, we, we always talk about this and we reflect on what we study and what we, um, what we do some reading on, but when you do it alone and then you're able to have a conversation like this with, with, in my case, you know, a great human being like yourself, it's just, it reinforces everything that you may or may not have picked up or or may you have overlooked and i feel like that's what's great about these stories is they're eternal these these allegories will always like lend themselves to you and all the phases of of your uh, development you'll be able to pick up more as you go along the way so yeah man this is great no, I love it, man. And you know what? They she had a great quote from the Bhagavad Gita in there as well. Yeah, she does. You know, and so I know what you're talking about. You talk to listen to the. Uh, to do you want to read it? Yeah, I mean, and if I butcher it, you know, I am reading. Don't worry, here. I can't even read. So this is great. <laughs> so it says in a quote, "Listen to this great secret. Although I am above birth and rebirth or law, begin the Lord of all there is, for all emanate from me. Still, do I will appear in my own universe and." Am therefore born by my power and thought and will. Quote. Perfect. Yeah. And that's it from the source right from there. The source. You know, source material saying that it's going to emanate through power, thought, and will. And that there's a desire within consciousness to emanate. And that's the same desire that's within you to emanate. Absolutely. Yeah. There's there's another one that I really, really, uh, that I highlighted that I like that, that she brings up. And it says, um, you know, quote, the... This self-awareness, when truly developed, enables a man to discover that the concealed deity in the universe is identical in nature, 
though vastly greater in degree and consciousness with a concealed deity within himself. Mike drop right there. No, is I just that- really, really appreciated that. I was just like, oh my gosh, okay, I'm keeping this. Up. Yeah, and it's and it's something we have to remind ourselves every day. We have to ask ourselves, do we know our Father? Right. You know, in kind of like that Star Wars aspect, is our Father image kind of our biggest fear? Right. Like when it, we hear like we'll Luke, see. I am your Father. Now, do we understand why that was so scary? Because right. what are we utilizing with this creative force? What are we creating? Are we creating? love unity and consciousness or are we you know are we frankenstein's creating frankenstein's monster right you know we have this life force and so we partake in this it emanates through us and so the same desire for us to have life is its desire to have life it needs us for expression it needs us for evolution and this is what hercules sacrifices himself to to the the furthering sacrifice of the lower self to the higher self alignment to the divine will, seeing the great plan and seeing our own independent placement on that plan. Right. There is enough room in in um, in the true Zionism for everybody, right? right? Not, not the um, globalist Zionist, but true Zionism. Um, the creator needs workers of all crafts. Right. We all have this presence here. We all have a purpose that we're supposed to uncover. And this is the same thing that burns us up inside. This is the same thing that makes people want to end their life. The same thing that causes people to end their life is the same people that it's the same energy that allows us to fully live our life. Exactly. It's all within us. It's a reorientation. It's a reflection and the reorientation. And we just have to move and incorporate aspects of ourselves that have been hidden. You know, it might have been from society didn't support them, maybe through, you know, family relations. Like we have to look at our past, but we have to incorporate our true essences because this is how we create this light body. This is how we escape this wheel. This 12 wheel is going by learning it. You know, we can either get, that's the thing is then that's the sacrifice we make because through universal law, we are all truly supposed to reach perfection. Right. But how many eons is that going to take? Right. And so what you do here is you surrender to your own personal five sense reality and you align yourself to the divine to call in it to speed up your, to speed up the pressure of yourself and your self discovery. So you don't have to go through this process as much. And it's a deeper process and you don't have to go through it as many times, you know? And so when we look at these, when we look at these 12 archetypes as we make through this journey, what the goal of the occult student is always try to get to the lowest common denominator of the principle that's being presented. Because mm. as you get deeper to the lowest common denominator, you get closer to the source of what that information truly is. And then everything above that will make itself present. But if we want to know how do we go through these, these 12 labors of Hercules and not have to feel like we do them all the time, always go to the lowest common denominator of this essence, of the principle, of what it's trying to present here. And as you go through life and as you go through this wheel, you're going to be able to see stuff from a deeper perspective, right, as we evolve. But the lowest common denominator, get to that source, really look for these connections to these, these really true identities, you know, these stellar identities, true solar identity, true lunar identity, um, and also explore the idea of serpent wisdom, tree wisdom, fire wisdom. Um, and there's, there's other ones that we'll kind of approach, but that's what these stories are trying to tell us. It's the angels really literally shaking us to awake, you know, and are we ready for this path? Are we at the spot that we want to align that divine will to unfold the great plan? Exactly. And that's what the great work is. Exactly. No, I like that we, you know, we always go back to this generative force that we talked about, um, you know, in the, in the first season and, you know, I I urge you know any listener right now that has this you know this this divine energy that is you know wanting to awaken to a greater purpose to remember you know are you going to use this power for good or are you going to use this power for self destruction because even if you lead to self destruction you're just back to a base level <clears throat> that you can start at when you are incarnated into this flesh and it's like okay why are you going to have to go and do the reset when you're here and it's clear as day that what burns inside of you is not just for you know um this self-gratifying uh 
you know, acknowledgement of power that we have within and then wants to harness for just themselves, but for the greater good of all mankind, you know? Right. <clears throat> Absolutely, so, man. No, and it's hundred percent true, man. And like, it's so true. Like, I don't want to be a dishwasher at Yo Taco again, ever again. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't want to keep doing that kind of stuff. So like, right. we have to kind of accelerate. And again, if that's part of my soul's journey, then like bring in the suds sure. and the soap, I'll scrub some dishes. But we we are always constantly evolving. You know, this idea of, you know, you never go to the river, the same river twice, right? right? Because it's a different river and it's a different you. And that's what we're seeing unfold in this process and how we can really utilize the will to adapt to this this new higher understanding where we actually spiritualize the that that the true king and we let the true king take the reign of the consciousness rather than that tyrant lower self. And so I'm excited to continue this conversation oh, yeah, on Hercules. Hercules. Excellent, man. Well, I have nothing else to add because I definitely want to save a lot of it. Um, you know, and just like we did with the biblical series and moving into Greek mythology and then moving into, you know, um, just understanding more of these sort of um, individuals that have had their take on such powerful allegories will aid not just our conversations for future episodes, but also the pinpointing of everything that we've already talked about beforehand for the future, you know? Right. Yep, so, absolutely. No, I love it, man. And again, we're going to be kind of approaching um, Hercules, some more mythology. We're going to be Kabbalah pretty soon, oh, and yeah. we're going to jump into the Kabbalah. I'm very, very excited about that. Have some guests uh, on for that. That'd be great, right? Great, yeah. And especially um, anybody who has a good um, understanding of like Hebrew and ancient Hebrew, somebody we'd, I would love to kind of bring on. Um, we're going to... I'm just really excited about what this season three is going to entail, just because, again, we're, we've, we've built a unique foundation here. Yes. And so we can really have these these deep jumping off points. And again, if you're a new listener, that's why sometimes people are like, whoa, like we get messages like, you kind of just jumped in the deep end really fast on that episode. And it's just like, oh, you know, it, yeah. it really kind of is this building aspect. And plus, it's kind of fun to go back because like... We were like little babies back then. Like I'm still just like a toddler. I'm but still just understanding. This you know, we're and that's the thing. Time. You know, um, I I still consider myself a very beginner in the esoteric and the occult. Same. You know, and that's how we always need to be. There's never, and that's what makes these conversations, I think, flow because we know we're just students of the most wonderful subject of all subjects. Absolutely, man. And that that desire, that will that burns within, you know, will aid itself to the wanting to know more. And the more you know, the less you think you know, but the less you think you know, the more you want to know. So you just keep going through the cycle and I love it. And so that's that's what you're witnessing as to you know, best friends here have this conversation is, is through our, our, you know, this vibration, this exchange of information. I always like that when we leave, uh, every episode, you know, I feel more comforted by the idea that I can have a conversation like this, not just with yourself, but also knowing that anyone who's listening should know that I don't know everything that is, that is being said when I sit in front of you. But as we have this conversation, I think we're, we're doing something in, in real time that is, you know, asked of us, which is open up the conversation, let you have this, um, understanding that what one might know and what might not other know might aid the one to find the answers that they were looking for, or didn't even know they were looking for. And so that's, that's what I really appreciate about every single, um, episode and every study that we embark on. So, yeah. Yeah. No. And obviously, a big thank you to everybody listening. Oh, yeah. To this, all our patron members. Oh, oh of course. Patron, for sure. Thank you so much for that support. And, <clears throat> really? you know, also, I noticed that we had a lot of great people who wrote reviews recently, and we get those as emails. And, you know, that's so special because that it helps the influence of the show. Um, right. And so thank you for everybody who takes time to write Absolutely. those reviews. It's unreal what you do, and it's unreal what you share in those reviews. And it's always so beautiful. It is. So... Best friends, high-fiving through the ethers to all of you. Um, but I can't wait until, I can't wait till what's next, Eduardo. Absolutely. You know, and, and I'll, you know, I'll basically go with saying that in season three, we will have some guests on. We've had people ask us, you know, why, why are you not having discussions with other individuals who may, you know, have uh, an understanding from an, another perspective and, and maybe no um, connection to a friendship or to 
um, you know, an ongoing conversation that's been had for years with Daniel and I, and that's what we'll probably bring in season three is, is some very, very, um, unique individuals that'll come on and, and maybe have a conversation with both Daniel and I, that's, you know, just as open hearted as these conversations between him and I, but with someone with a, a different perspective. So that'll be really exciting. Super exciting, man. I'm so, excited about freaking everything. All of it, man. Um, well, anything else you want to add to it? Until next time, then? Until next time. All right. <laughs>